Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I am Molly Nelson, host of the podcast. I'm here with Rochelle Smith. She is the producer of this podcast and in the podcast room with us, Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. So today we're talking about the 401k. It's still kind of relatively the new kid on the block and it's popular, but pensions used to be kind of the, the ruling retirement plan and they were easy, right? So your, your employer would fund them. The contributions were decided by the employer, how to spend the money out a handful of choices, but along came the 401k. It's popularity really surged in the 1980s, Lauren, and the 401k makes retirement a little bit more complicated. It makes it a little bit more complicated because the for your 401k or your retirement savings is now dependent upon how well you contribute to the 401k plan. Not only how well you contribute to it, but also how well it does, which means it's incumbent upon you to make sure that your 401k money is invested, invested the right way and experience some growth over the course of your career. Pensions were easier because the employer would contribute on your behalf, but also they would invest it. So they the employer wouldn't invest it, but the pension company would invest it. So you did not have to worry about selecting this mutual fund, the emerging markets mutual fund, make sure you're diversified, make sure you rebalance. All you had to do is commit 30 years of your life to your employer. Right. <laughs> and, and you were rewarded at the end with pension payouts. With the pension. And then you had social security, you had pension. And if you were lucky, you had a little bit of savings to go on the side, but that would get you or that would get most people through the their retirement. And today it's a little bit different. So the pensions, roughly about 12% of, uh, of workers in this country have a corporate pension. So most people, they have to be responsible for their own retirement savings. And that's what makes it a little bit dicey. And when we talk about 401ks, Lauren, as we're going to in this podcast, this a lot of what we're going to say also applies to some other types of defined employee plans, right? Yeah. I mean, you have other plans that look like 401k plans. So the 403b plans, uh, 457 plans, some of those uh, look very similar to 401k plans. So this is going to be any type of employer type, any type of employer sponsored plan where you have the ability to contribute to it. They have the ability to match. And then you have options once you do separate service from that employer. Okay. And before we get into answering the question, you know, what happens to my 401k when I retire? Of course, let's have a little history lesson, shall we? Everybody ready? Oh yeah. Well guys, I did some research and in 1981, the IRS passed legislation that allowed employees to contribute through payroll deductions to the 401k. And that's when it really got popular. What else do you know, Lauren, about how this, the 401k kind of blew up and why it is sort of the, the most common retirement savings? Well, the pensions went away and people had to figure out how are they going to retire the 401k plan. Uh, when people were able to contribute to that plan, that became the most obvious structure. Also, the 401k plan has the highest level of contributory limits. So you can contribute to an IRA, but back then you could only contribute $2,000 a year to an IRA, which uh, underneath the 401k plan, you can contribute significantly more. And that's still the case today, where today you can contribute 7,000 to the IRA, whereas you can contribute upwards to 27,000 if you're 50 and over to the 401k plan. So it's easier to put money away for retirement. Well, and they're also popular because the contributions are pre-tax. There's oftentimes an employer match and really, Lauren, they're a great accumulation tool. 
And recently, the 401k has been even a better accumulation tool because now a lot of employers are offering the Roth 401k, which means that your money does not go in pre-tax. It's after-tax contributions. But once that money is in that 401k plan, you never have to pay taxes on that growth again. So that makes sense for a lot of people, depending upon the tax bracket that you're in and your tax retirement plan. But it's nice to have that option if you have an employer plan that offers that Roth 401k to choose from. So when you retire your 401k, what do you do with it? That's the question we're trying to answer today. And we're going to talk about two sort of main options. And the way I look at it, I'm trying to keep it simple here, Lauren. You can leave it or you can roll it. Leave it or you can roll it. I know. It almost sounds like it could be like a folk song or something. Leave it or roll it. I was thinking like a game show. Uh, Yes. I like it. Dice or something like that. Okay. So let's first tackle leave it. What happens to your 401k when you retire if you leave it with the employer-sponsored plan? And as long as your 401k balance is over 5000 most employers will allow you to leave it underneath that plan. So you have to check with your employer's plan, make sure that that is an option for you. For, but for most people, they have that option. And it's a simple option because you just leave it right? So the money will continue to invest underneath that plan. You still have online access, so you can go online and make changes to the investment allocations anytime you want to. You're not making contributions to it anymore. The employer's not making contributions to it anymore. But if you have $100,000 when you leave that employer, then the $100,000 will continue to grow or shrink based on what's taking place with those investment options. So that is an option. One of the benefits of that option is one of the benefits could be that the expenses underneath your 401k plan are low. So there's many 401k plans out there uh, and the employers are touting that the expenses are very low and that that can be true. So it could be one of your least expensive options to leave that money underneath the old employer plan. Uh, The other benefit, and this is one that is seldom looked at because it's a, it's kind of a loophole in the, in the IRS laws. And that is if you separate service from your employer at the age of 55 or older, then you can take money out of that employer plan without the 10% withdrawal penalty. So that is a huge benefit for a lot of people, especially for people who are retiring younger. If you retire prior to age 59 and a half, let's say 57, and you have money underneath an employer plan, now that money is accessible without the 10% penalty. If you choose to roll it to an IRA, now that money's locked up until 59 and a half. Otherwise, you're going to have that 10% penalty. So that is a huge advantage for many people once they separate service if it's post-55. And let's talk about leaving it in the 401k if you have an employee stock purchase plan or an ESOP. Sometimes that is an attractive option. It can be, especially if you want access to uh, the gains of that employer. So if you have confidence in what the employer is doing, if you have confidence in what the value of their stock is going to do, that could be your only way to access or to participate in the gains of that employer. Uh, If they trade publicly, then you can have access to participate in those gains outside of the 401k plan. But if it's a privately held company, that could be your only way to participate. And that could be an advantage of leaving that money underneath the 401k plan as well. And when you say access to those gains, what do you mean? Well, what I mean is the company does well, then the employer's stock is going to do well. So you would participate. So you're just, you would okay. participate making more money. Guys. Essentially, is another another <clears throat> right. way to there, say it. There are privately held companies which you cannot purchase on an exchange outside of that employer employer plan. So only employees can own stock in that company if it's privately held, generally speaking. Yes, that's correct. correct. Okay. Yep. So that could be a a big benefit if you still want to participate in the gains of that company, then that four hundred one k could offer you that. 
right? Because if you work there for 30 years, you have confidence in that company, you know who the managers are, you know how that company's doing, you feel emotionally tied to that company. But then again, that could also be a downfall, I feel like too. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of bias there. If you've worked for a company for 30 years, you know, the big players at the company, the decision makers, uh, you have a lot of confidence in them. They have a, a sturdy track record. Uh, just because you retire doesn't mean that you lose that confidence. So you might want to leave that money underneath that um, employer plan to access the employee stock, the employer stock. Um, it could hurt you as well. I mean, there's story after story that we've all heard uh, where people have way too much money of their way too much of their retirement savings underneath the employer stock. And then something happens to the employer. And maybe it's not even the employer's fault. Maybe it's not even the people at the company's fault. Maybe it's just the economic times um, that make the stock value go down. And in some cases, go down to zero. Uh, and there's been people who have lost their most of their retirement savings because the majority of their money is underneath their employer stock or former employer stock, and it went to zero, and they lost it all. And that makes the case, too, for obviously diversification. You would, uh, As you sit down with families and individuals and you look at these kind of things, you may, may say, yeah, let's leave some here, but let's take some and put it in a different spot again so all your eggs aren't in one basket. Yeah, and that's a general rule. And it's more important the closer you get to retirement that you want to be, you want to be properly diversified. So whether you have employer stock access or you don't have employer stock access, you still want to be diversified. It is tempting for many of us to uh, latch on to one or two companies whether it's your employer or not an employer, and put more than what we should within those one or two companies. Uh, but we do know what goes up eventually will come down, and you don't want to be the one holding the, the bag. You don't want it to upset what you're trying to do from a retirement standpoint in any type of case like that. We're talking about what happens to your 401k when you retire if you leave it in the employer-sponsored plan. You don't have to touch it until you're 72. Yeah, so let's say you retire and you're 65, but you just decide to leave the money underneath the employer plan. At age 72, you will still be mandated to take distributions from the plan. Now, here's one difference, and in my opinion, here's an, uh, here's a disadvantage of leaving it underneath the employer-sponsored plan. Whether you're 65 and you take distributions from that plan or you don't want to take distributions from the plan, and now you're 72 and you're mandated to take distributions, there is a federal mandate that you have to withhold 20% federal taxes. And in the state of Iowa, because you are withholding federally, you also have to withhold state taxes. And the minimum that you can withhold in the state of Iowa is 5%. So other states also have, especially if your state has uh, a state tax, then there's going to be a mandatory withholding for that state as well with the federal withholding. So in this case, 25% mandatory withholding. What if you're not in the 20% federal tax bracket? What if you don't owe that? Maybe you're in the 12% federal tax bracket. Well, you're overpaying by 8%. You will get that money back. Eventually, when you file your taxes in the spring, you're going to get it back, but you're given an interest-free loan to the IRS for that duration, for that time frame of which uh, you take the distribution all the way up until you get it back. Yeah, and that's money that you might want to have in your pocket to either spend or invest and grow you know, you just have more control over it if you don't have to, if you're not subject to that. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. It's really uh, about having more control over your retirement savings. And if you, so if you roll it to an IRA, you can withhold, you can withhold 20% and 5% state if you want to, but you don't have to. So to me, it's about having the control. You can withhold, you have more withholding options with the IRA, with the 401k, it's a minimum mandatory 25, at least in this state. 
And sometimes it makes more sense to leave the money in your 401k if you've got some other things going on outside of your life, you know, divorce, financial trouble, those can be reasons to leave it. Yeah, I mean, really all, all of the above. If you think about separating service from an employer, even if, if, even if it's your choice, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts that you're trying to work through. Moving the 401k plan at that point may not be the top of your list. And so there's nothing wrong with leaving it there for a little bit, uh, evaluating all the choices that you do have, and then making a, a coherent decision on that down the road once things settle down. Before we talk about rolling your 401k, let's talk about a great chance to ask questions directly to a retirement planner. Because you're probably listening to some of this and some of this, yeah, I can associate with that. And other things are more specific to you. You've got X amount in your 401k. Should I roll it? Should I leave it? I'm about to turn 59 and a half. I'm going to be 72. All those kinds of things that, you know, very specific to you. A great way to talk to a retirement planner is a complimentary 15 minute retirement checkup call. Doesn't matter where you live. We are podcasting from Iowa, but Lauren, you've had these retirement checkup calls with people from all over the country. Yeah, certainly. Uh, just about every state. In fact, we have clients in 26 states now. So we work with people all over the country. Uh, there's not a lot of retirement planning that's being done in the country. There's a lot of investment planning. There's a lot of investment guidance. But when you're looking to put all the pieces of your retirement puzzle together, there's just not a lot of options for you. And that's why uh, people have been taking advantage of that 15-minute retirement checkup call because you have questions. You have questions. It's hard to find those answers. Uh, one of the uh, easiest ways to start investigating answers to your questions is to go to Google. But we already know <laughs> you start Googling questions and you come up with thousands or hundreds of thousands of different responses. And it's easy to get in the weeds real quick and, and even add to your confusion. Well, we did it, Lauren. We, you can go to YouTube and find a a show where we started putting into a, a Google search bar, nothing against Google. It's a great tool. We all use it, but we started putting in some of these retirement sort of rules of thumb. And then we looked at the answers that came up and we talked about, Hey, yeah, maybe, maybe this works, but here's what else you need to know before you apply this to your retirement. So go to YouTube, search Merkle Retirement Planning, M-E-R-K-L-E, and you can see us Googling uh, a, a lot of stuff about retirement and talking about that. Now the 15 minute complimentary retirement checkup call, you can Schedule that at MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. Leave it or roll it. Who, the host, Rochelle, you want to host that game show? Oh, no, I think you should. <laughs> no, it's you. I'll roll the dice. Okay, good. It's time to roll it, Rochelle. Oh, I like the alliteration there. Ooh. Let's roll it. So we're taking the 401k. We're thinking about rolling it. What do we need to know? Well, the primary benefit of rolling it over is control. So that's what we were talking about a little bit before. Underneath the IRA, it's underneath your name. It's underneath any type of investment you want to use underneath the IRA. And you don't have to worry about any changes that your old employer makes to their plan. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't consider is you leave your money underneath your old employer plan and they change that plan. So they used to be with Fidelity and then they change it to Vanguard. Well, they, your money goes over to Vanguard, even if you love Fidelity and the investment options that you had before, even if the employer is not changing custodians. What if they're just changing the fund lineup? You happen to really like the funds that you were invested in, but they changed the lineup. Now that's not an option for you. Your money gets mapped over to these new options, even though you didn't want to. So it's all about control. 
do you want more control or less control over your money? There are a few steps in moving your money over to an IRA. So it's a little bit more work, but people find it worth it because of that control that you get. It's underneath your, your name, your account. You can invest in just about anything you want to, which means you can also control the expenses a little bit more as well. So some 401k plans, they're very light on the expense standpoint. Some 401k plans are very heavy on the expenses, meaning it's very expensive uh, 401k plan. The, the trouble is how do you know what kind of expenses you're paying with your 401k plan? Because everybody gets a statement and on that statement, there's a, a column that is titled expenses or fees. And sometimes fees are in there, but a lot of times it says zero. So there's a large percentage of people who participate in 401k plans that feel like they're not paying any fees with their 401k plan. And that's just not true. There's always going to be some kind of cost to you to own or work or to have your money underneath the 401k plan. It's just a matter of what is that cost. So with the IRA, you can control those expenses a little bit better. There's there's investments underneath IRAs that have hidden fees and it could be hard to discern what those costs are as well. But you have more control over it and you can pick investments that are lower cost if you want to. And how do we know if it's a high or a low fee as somebody, you know, is in a 401k? You could tell me 2%. I would say maybe that's low, that's high, 5%. Is that something you guys kind of help people walk through? Yes, it is. It's something that we do help people walk through because it's hard. It's hard because underneath a 401k plan, there's a lot of different types of fees. And there's fees that the employer pays. There's fees that the employer can choose to pay. Or there's fees that the employer can choose to pass on to you. And you don't get that transparency to see what it is that you're really paying. There's a record-keeping fee. There's administration fees. uh, There's investment fees. The employer can choose to pay some or all of those, uh, except for the investment fees, which are ultimately passed on to you. Most 401k plans, the types of investments they offer you to invest in are mutual funds. So you know at a bare minimum, you're at least paying those mutual fund fees. It's just a matter of what are those costs. So what we can look at my 401k and say, here's what you're paying fees, and then maybe compare it to if we roll into the IRA and choose XYZ investments this would be the fees. And then we just can do a side by side. I mean, is it that simple? Yeah, it's, it's, it is that simple. It's not necessarily that simple to find the fees, but we do that. I mean, that's part of what we do. And in fact, now it's a part of the DOL regulation, the Department of Labor now makes it mandatory. If you're going to move your money from the 401k plan, there needs to be some kind of fee comparison. Here's what you would pay if you left it underneath the 401k. Here's what you would pay if you moved it to your new employer plan, if that's an option that you have. And then here's what you would pay if you moved it to an IRA. And so that's on a document. You can see it. Uh, line item by line item, and then everybody has to sign on that dotted line to make sure that we understand what those costs are. And we're talking about the options inside of 401k. So FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, they kind of put this in numbers and said that most 401k plans have at least three investment choices. Some, of course, have dozens, but on average, eight to 12. Now, let's remind people, if I roll into an IRA, that's not a product, that's not an investment, right? Once I get into that tax shelter, I mean, how many choices would you say I have learned if you had to quantify it? Thousands. Yeah, thousands, right? Because I can do stocks. That alone, how many stocks are there traded? Yeah, so you can do uh, domestic stocks. You can do foreign stocks. You got mutual funds. You got ETFs. uh, There's new legislation saying uh, that you can invest in crypto. Uh, So there's a lot of different types of investments you can use underneath the IRA. That is a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming. It can be confusing. We like it because we know how to sort through the universe of different 
different investment options to put together a, a diversified portfolio that can really help impact the performance or the overall uh value of the account in a positive way. So it's good for us. More options is good. But if if you're not familiar, familiar with how to weed through the universe of investment options, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. And when you hear maybe all those options you just listed off, those might feel kind of risky to some people, but there's also, you can do CDs inside an IRA. You can go a little bit lower risk. I mean, you kind of talk people through, okay, what amount of risk would you like to take? And then you can help them narrow down all of these choices uh, after that. Yeah, when, when it comes to building investment portfolios, we first build the plan. We first build your retirement plan and say, here's, here's what you're trying to accomplish over the next five years. Here's what you're trying to accomplish over the next 10 years. Here's where you're at. Here's your starting point. Now, what kind of investment risk is it going to take to accomplish your objectives? What kind of investment risk do you feel comfortable with? And then we balance that when we create the portfolio to make sure that you're comfortable with the amount of risk that you're taking. And it's also going to put you in a position where you can accomplish your investment objectives. So if we were still doing a game show, I just thought about this, Rochelle. Ooh, okay. Okay. So okay. I, as the host say, you roll it. And then you as the audience chant, you control it. You control it. You roll it. You control it. You roll it. You control it. See? The audience. Is, I love it. That's good. Right. That's so real good. Just, just keeping this game show theme going. So you have a little more control or you have a lot more control over the investments. But let's not forget about taxes. You talked us through the RMDs and taxes. We know you have more control over the fees inside the IRA. And all of these things are so much more important as you get closer to retirement. As you get closer to retirement, every decision you make gets so much more important. And you wanna make sure, you know, when, as people are making that transition, life is kind of complicated. You know, you're 60 years old, um, you've worked at a company for a long period of time, or at least you've been working for a long period of time. And what we typically find is you have kind of your assets spread out. You have an asset over here, maybe an old employer plan. Maybe you have three old employer plans. Maybe you have an IRA at the bank. Maybe you have an IRA at, at Vanguard. You have all these different things. And one of the things that you're looking for is simplicity. How do you make things easier on your life as you go through this next phase of your life? Because that first phase of retirement are the go-go years. So this is when you have a lot more time than you've probably ever had before. You still have energy. You're excited about this next phase and you want to do things. And most people at this point of their, their, uh, this point of their life, they're not looking to focus on all of these different moving pieces of their puzzle for a, a long period of time. They're looking for that simplicity and organization. And that's part of the, the benefit of having a plan in place is it does create organization in your life and it can also lend to simplicity. The IRA can be a big component of that because if you have three old employer plans, you can consolidate them into your IRA. You you don't have to have three different custodians, three different websites, three different statements coming to you every single month. And then when it comes time to taking distributions, having distributions coming from three different employer plans, the IRA, it's all underneath one house, easier for you to manage and easier for you to develop your income plan from as well. Okay. So let's say I've listened to all this roll it information. And I think, you know what? I think that's the best option for me. Logistically, how does this work? This is, you want to be very careful uh, because there's a couple different ways you can roll it over. Some people make the mistake to call up their 401k company and say, send me a check. 
not good. Uh, then it's income, right? Well, it it will, it can be. First of all, they have to withhold the twenty percent. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars in there, you're not going to get the full hundred thousand dollars. You're going to get at least well, you're going to get twenty percent less. Eighty thousand. I can do that math. And then five percent state withholding. Oh, that's less than eighty. Yeah. So you're going to get somewhere <laughs> around seventy-five thousand dollars. Now, what you do with that check? You now have sixty days to put that into an IRA. Otherwise, you're going to be taxed on that full hundred thousand dollars. But here's the thing: is you can put the seventy-five thousand dollars into the IRA, and if you only put seventy-five thousand into the IRA, you're going to be taxed on the twenty-five thousand dollars that was withheld. So your other option is you can make up out of your pocket that $25,000 that was withheld. So put the full $100,000 into the IRA. And then when you file your taxes in the spring, you'll get that $25,000 back, but you have to make it up out of pocket. So this is not an attractive I don't like that option. Sounds complicated too. Yes. And you can only do that once a year now. So if you, if you do that twice, it's just that second one is disqualified. You can't do it. So that is not an option. Rarely, rarely, rarely would you ever want to call up a 401k company and say, send me a check. Only if you want that cash and you want to spend right, it. Right, if you're essentially cashing right. it out. Like, yes. okay, I'm gonna, I need it for something. Yes, yeah. if your intent is to roll it, that's not the way to go. So the way that you want to do it is what we call trustee to trustee. So if your 401k plan is with, doesn't matter what company, call Vanguard, and your IRA is with Fidelity, then that's going from Vanguard direct to Fidelity, trustee to trustee. And then there's no withholding. You don't have a 60-day window to make sure that that money gets back into it. You don't have to make up anything out of pocket. It goes from one company to another company and is the easiest, most efficient way to do that rollover. Again, if you want to talk directly to a retirement planner about your 401k or any of the aspects of retirement, it's MerkleRetire.com. That's where you can schedule that 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call. M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. We'll continue talking about all of the aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's Retiring Today. Thanks for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Yeah, good. I'm just going to spit are out you hot? Yeah, you're not. You look very like flush. Is it flush? Shiny. Shiny. Yeah. Uh, Need some powder before your meeting. <laughs> doing a lot of work over here. <laughs> <laughs> you just been listening to me. I think that'd be relaxing. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.